Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith. And we have some special guests here today, all hailing from far off land, as Marty would say, of New Jersey. So starting with Marty Rotella uh, from Spirit Power, is also a part of Stewardship. Marty, welcome. Hey, how you doing, Rob, and everybody out there? Uh, good to have you. And then we have a team of guys from Michael and Michelangelo. Uh, we have Jack Messerola. We have Eddie Craviolo, Joe Colucci, Tom Ciotti, and then Tom's son, Sal, is with us. So guys, welcome. Hey. Hello, you hello, hello. hello. Uh, Thank you. So this is awesome. So we are, we are so glad to be here uh, with each other and most importantly to be here with you, whoever's listening. So if, if this is the first time that you're listening, Reflections from the Heart is a gospel reflection. So we're going to actually look at the gospel for this coming Sunday that we'll hear at Mass, and we'll do it before we hear it at Mass on Sunday. That's a novel idea, right? And then we'll let the Holy Spirit uh, kind of guide our hearts and just share with each other what the Holy Spirit is saying and uh, how we can be uh, better husbands, fathers, sons, brothers, sisters, co-workers, students, athletes, uh, and we invite you to do the same. So, Eddie, if you could open us up with a, with a prayer, invite the Holy Spirit into our, our gathering. Thank you, Rob. Uh, as we begin uh, this broadcast, uh, we settle our minds and our hearts and our souls, and we begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dearest Lord, we thank you, Father, so much for your Son. We thank you for the nourishment of the bread and wine that has transformed into the body and blood. In a similar way, Father, please, as we are nourished by his body and blood, may we also transform to go deeper within ourselves, to become more like him and to be more like you, so that we can also bring light into the world that so needs it each and every day. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Eddie. And uh, for those of you who are able to grab your Bibles, uh, we're going to be uh, opening to the Gospel of John, John 6, 51 to 58. John 6, 51 to 58. And Tom, if you could read us the Gospel, please. Jesus said to the crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How could this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I will have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. 
This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Tom. So we've been journeying through John 6 these last few weeks. And uh, I think Jesus is doing one of those, you know, knock, knocking on knocking on our heads. Hello, my flesh is true food, my blood is true drink. We hear it over and over again. And what a gift that is that, that we can receive him every day if we choose at Mass. We can adore him every day if we choose in adoration or in, uh, when he's waiting for us in the tabernacle. What an amazing gift. And uh, Marty and, and the guys from Michael and Michelangelo, uh, I just want to throw out a question to you, to, to all of you. How has the Eucharist fueled your lives, your your ministry, and uh, you know, for the folks that might be answering from Michael and Michelangelo, you know, just incorporate what what is Michael and Michelangelo, and and, and what uh, what has the Lord called you to do, and how has the Eucharist been a fuel for that? Well, I mean, uh, this is Tom from Michael and Michelangelo really being it's a media corporation and really what we're trying to do is get at um, get at a reality um, a street reality of what it means to be a, a Christian uh, in this world um, stripped down from from some of um, from some of the trappings and and the things that people sometimes get caught up on when they think of the church and what she teaches so for us it's a little bit more has a little bit more of an edge and you know the Eucharist and this gospel reading in particular is pretty edgy because you know to a first century Jew I can't think of anything more of a challenge than this is my blood and and my body and unless you eat and drink um, essentially you're not going to see the kingdom of heaven so for us um, from my from my own path uh, sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament and really opening myself up, um, struggling with some of uh, my former life and um, really thinking of how the Lord could forgive and accept and love and what that grace really means um, and being in front of the Blessed Sacrament at 3 o'clock in the morning and, you know, asking for a sign and begging for some, you know, extraordinary miracle and the Lord coming back with, you're here with me at 3 o'clock in the morning. Really, what more do you need? So, um, you know, how that translates to Michael and Michelangelo and the, and the great grace um, that I've received to be surrounded by these, these brothers in Christ and to take this journey and, um, you know, to be able to laugh, to be able to love and, you know, really to be able to experience Christ uh, every day in what we do and be able to take that and try to share that with, with other people, maybe some people that have walked away from the church or walked away from, from the call, to really show them... Um, Hey, this is what it's about. It's not. It's not about the abstract. It's about the real. It's at at times. It's not even about the miraculous. You know, it's the ordinary. That's really where Christ is. Um, and you don't get more ordinary than eating and drinking. But what it is that you're eating and drinking to take in, and what that does to you, and who that makes you. Um, to me, it's a transition of love, and that's been the greatest challenge in my life, uh, in my walk in, of faith, and it's been something that has been the most transformational. Uh, really coming face to face with the love and what that means and how we are called to really bring that out into the world, not always in extraordinary ways. And people, you know, they look at us as Catholics and they look at some of the things we believe as far as the saints and the miracles and they misunderstand. But it's that love. It's sitting down and sharing that meal and what we call and what we're called to do and 
bring together. Man, that's just, that's great. Being here with you guys, sharing the meal that we shared and knowing the meal that we'll share tomorrow and where we'll all be on our knees a little bit later on tonight in front of that that wonderful gift in, in the Blessed Sacrament is um, is very humbling, and I, it never, ever gets old. Amen. Thank you, Tom. Tom, uh, that, that's beautiful. And uh, while you were doing that, uh, for the people out there, I don't know if you like to do this, but what I do is I look at specific words in a particular gospel pericope and really see what speaks. And if you look at this gospel reflection, uh, the word flesh uh, is found five times. The word bread is found five times. The word eats is found six times. Eight is once. And the two that really stand out for me is true food and true drink. Uh, if you're really looking at this, and to go along what you said, Tom, it never gets old, uh, the end of the passage speaks about the Old Testament where the ancestors ate bread and they drank, but they still died. What Jesus is saying here, if you truly eat the flesh which is my bread, the bread, which is my flesh, and you drink the true blood, and the blood is my drink. It truly comes down to the very end. I am the true food and the true drink. And unlike the ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this true food and this true drink will live forever. So we are called as people of Christ, to truly eat uh, his flesh in the form of bread, which has been transformed, transfigured into the bread, and to drink. Uh, the words eat and drink are very real words that we can understand, especially from the Old Testament. It speaks of, do you thirst? And we all know what it might be like to run miles, and you're really feeling thirsty and to be quenched. Well, I think what Jesus is saying here is the only way to truly be quenched and to truly be fed uh, with incredible nutrition is to eat his body and blood, which is his flesh, which has been transformed by the priest into the body and blood. And when we do that, we are eating the true food and the true drink, to coin a phrase from McDonald's, the real happy meal, which brings Amen. eternal life. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. That's awesome. You, you know, it's interesting. I go out to California and hang out in, you know, in, in Hollywood and talk to a lot of people, and, you know, they, they kind of chuckle when, when you talk about the Eucharist, you know, like, what? God? That's what he set up? You know, and they laugh. And then I say, but I think it's ingenious. I think it's awesome. This God is so awesome. He says, I, I, I don't want to leave you. So I'm going to come back every time. Every time there's a consecration, the host goes out, the priest invokes me. I'm going to come because I want to be with you. I love you so much. I think it's ingenious that we can receive God, that he doesn't want to leave us once he became human. He said, I'm going to continue to be with you. That blows my mind. And it's kind of like, you know, you're either going to see it one way like that's ridiculous, or you're going to see it like, no, it's awesome. It's ingenious. It's interesting, too, though, because so many people, you know, that are that are in our faith tradition don't don't really see it that way. It's almost too massive to comprehend. I mean, again, you, you, you think of 
you know, the reaction that that the apostles and, and all these disciples around Jesus, when he started laying this out, they were kind of, a lot of them were like, man, I can't hang with that. That's too much for me. And a lot of, a lot of Catholics today look at the Blessed Sacrament as that. And there was a, there was a great quote from a Protestant minister, I forget his name, and he said, I, I don't, I'm not in the tradition that you guys are in, but if I believed what Catholics believed, I would crawl over glass to receive. And that's really the, I mean, from when I really hit me, coming from from a place of being away from the church and coming back to it, and it really, it, it hit me like, well, this is not a symbol. This is not just, you know, as, as you hear so many people in the secular world goof on us and say the cracker. Man, it's a lot more than that. I mean, it truly is. And when you truly believe that, how humbling it is that we're consuming God. Um, I, I mean, that's very hard to comprehend. I mean, I read through the book of Job, and you read through God laying things out. This is what I did. This is what I created. Where were you when I did this? I mean, you look up in the stars and how humbling it is to see that, that the creator of everything, how beautiful, how massive, how incomprehensible it is. We could keep God up there and say, yes, I accept this, but to then accept the fact that that love transforms and brings down to a level where we eat, which is the most basic human function, to eat, to breathe, to drink. And that is, is a point of, of connection that you, you can't approach any way other than love. Again, people get caught up in, in, in this mystical element of it, and it is beautiful and it is mystical, but at, at its most humble, it's a loving relationship, and that is love. A parent feeds its child. I would just like to add what Tom said. Um, this is not a symbol, as Tom said, and that if people really understood what was happening there at the altar, the churches would be full. We would not have empty seats. You know, we would build more churches, and it's just, it's just not there. People don't look at it the right way, and if they did, we would just be in a much better world. And, and, and last week, Joe, we heard that it's the Father that reveals that, that you know, the Father opens that up because, you know, I was going to Mass every Sunday, even though I was living like a, a heathen the other 167 hours in that week, I would just show up on Sunday not knowing why. So it's not that I never, I, I never said, no, I don't believe that that's you, Jesus. I just never gave it any thought, right? So I was just kind of going through the motions, uh, but for whatever reason, and in and, and one of St. Paul's letters, he uses the word perplexed. And that, that for me, that, that that's perplexing. Like, why... Like, what was it that, you know, that allowed me to be open to the Father revealing this amazing gift of Jesus in the Eucharist? Um, and like you said, Tom, that, that Protestant minister is right on the money, that if, if we truly, our behavior needs to match our belief. Um, so, you know, we're, we spoke about it at our meal, that, you know, we are all the front porch of the Catholic Church. So, you know, do people see us living Eucharist, living a life of thanksgiving and prayer and, and joy and peace, um, but, yeah, but, you know, the Father, Joe, you know, the Father reveals that gift. And, and I think for us, for me at least, coming from a sales background, I have to resist the temptation to try to close the deal, mm. right? Mm. And, and let, let the Holy Spirit lead and just pray just, and be intentional about it. Like, you know, like a list of people who are away and pray for them by name. Father, please, you know, reveal yourself, you know, open their hearts uh, and then really step up my prayer life for uh, my my intentional prayer life for that. Oh, good evening, everyone. 
Uh, I'd like to relate a story about the first Holy Communion I had. I was seven years old, and I was dressed in my white suit, white tie, and uh, I was looking forward to it. I kept asking, what is it going to taste like when God goes in my mouth? And I kept thinking about it, and then it came time. We got up out of our seats, and I was walking down the aisle, and my knees were shaking so hard, I thought they would hear them knocking together. But it was overwhelming that when I knelt down in front of the priest, and he put the wafer in my mouth, this overwhelming feeling hit me. It was, yes, he's here with me. God is really with me. I'm with him now, as close as I'll ever be. And every Sunday since then, it happens. I feel that he is giving me a part of him, and he's trusting me with it. And I put it inside my body, and I think of him. That's why every night I thank him for everything just for having the blanket on me a light switch maybe a sandwich that I had that day my meals my friendships all of the people who are sitting here with me now that's all God's work and he continues to work in my life and I continue to go to him on Sunday and have him again enter my body I was given the last rites not too long ago. I had an illness, and I was anointed. And the priest asked me if I wanted to receive communion. I said, I don't know if I could hold it down, and I don't want to do that to God. I said, anoint me. And I just asked him, and I, I prayed with the priest. And then afterwards, when he left, there was a voice that came to me. And it just said, John, you're going to be all right. You will be all right. You'll get through this. And within about 48 hours, I was able to take the Eucharist again. And in four more days, I was sitting up and eating again. But I know who was there and who did it. It was God because of my belief. And it takes me all the way back to that first time hmm. that I opened my mouth and received him. And he's continuously with me, and he always will be. Jack, isn't that a be beautiful gift that God gives us? Thank you, Jack, for sharing that. And and I I, I can just picture you <laughs> all those years ago as a seven-year-old boy. I can picture my son who just received last year in his white suit. And he asked me the same question that you asked yourself. Dad, what does it taste like? He said that right, right in the middle of Mass. Dad, what does it taste like? Not his first communion Mass. I said, I said Thomas, God loves you so much that it tastes like bread and it tastes like wine. Because imagine if you went up and the priest said, the body of Christ, and you see this like fleshy, bleeding thing, you know, flapping in his fingers, you'd be petrified, right? So he allows it himself to be fully present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and still tastes like bread, still tastes like wine. But then he also knows that we're going to have doubts. And through the centuries, through the years, there's been many people that have doubted, many priests that have questioned while they're consecrating, is this real? And he allowed his body to, to be present in their hands, not just as a host, 
right? But fully present in, in flesh and blood dripping down their hands. So God is so generous and he wants us to believe that he allows these miracles to happen and he, and he allows himself to be tested scientifically. There's a ministry called Science Test Faith and they've tested so many different Eucharistic miracles and it's just amazing that God is giving us these, these, these signs and wonders that we might believe, right? When, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, why? That they might believe, right? So as a seven-year-old, when you were seven and when my Thomas was seven, you didn't need it. Thomas didn't need it. The faith of a child, right? You just go and you believe. But sometimes as we get older, right, he knows that we get a little thick, you know, and, uh, and, he, and he allows these Eucharistic miracles to happen to show us, this is my body, truly, this is my blood, truly. It's awesome. It is awesome. And, and what's interesting is he takes the simplest of foods. He doesn't take a filet mignon or a prime rib or a roast pork. But what he does is he takes the simplest of symbols, of, of nutrients, of bread and of wine, grapes and flour. And he says, this is my body and my blood. It's in the simple and we've become a society that has moved away from the quiet and the simple to the elaborate and the big. And sometimes we forget that it's in the quietness, that it's in the simple, that it's in the whisper. And he's taken that simple and he says, eat this. And as you know, and as from a science perspective, we're all about nutrition and what we, we eat, we become what we eat. So we try to eat the nutrients uh, in foods and they become part of us. Well, it's very much the same way a priest would prior to communion. He would, uh, in the doxology, say, consume and become what you have received. We are called to the table of the flesh and the blood to consume it and to be nourished so that we also we will become like Christ. You know, um, the, uh, the whole book of John, uh, it can be summed up in this, take and eat if you want life. That's the word life. I think in our world we're sick of death, we're sick of darkness, and we want life. And here he is telling us, well, here it is. I give you life. And that's the key, to know what this is. What, what is this? What are, we, what are you hearing from John, who, who was told by Jesus Jesus told John, John's telling us, and hey, take and eat if you want life. I want life, Jesus. I want it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Life to the fullest, right? John, John 10, 10. Amen. Jesus said that Amen. came so they would, they, they would have life and have it to the fullest. Amen. It's, it's funny because so, so many times when people are ill and they, they want life, and what, what in life they're, they're looking for when they're, they're, maybe sometimes they're away or they've fallen away from the church, but... But they, um, they, all of a sudden they find themselves in church. You see so many people walking in that have been away and they're praying and they're praying. And what they're praying for in their minds consciously is, I want to be healed. I don't want to be sick anymore. I want this life. But interesting where they go to find that is with God, ultimately who they'll find true life. And as they pray, and if they're truly open, the healing that they receive, if they're, if they're truly open to that grace, is that, you know what? This is temporal. This is, this is passing. And it's wonderful to be healthy, and it's wonderful that we have beautiful days and rainy days. But what you find when you truly open yourself up and when you receive and you experience that mystery is the true life. And that's, that's really what we're after. Amen. And sometimes as, as a father, I'm sure some of you guys have experienced this, that the kids can kind of 
I don't know, Sal, if you can you know, attest to this as uh, as Tom's son, but you get, you get used to what your your parents say. So the other day, my kids were kind of uh, at this um, stage where they were just not being very grateful. We were away down the shore all week, and they were just not being very grateful. And I called them all in, five of them. I said, guys, I said, everything we have is a gift. We were supposed to take them out to breakfast for the last day. I said, the way you've been acting, well, I'm, we're not going. We're not going because you don't deserve the breakfast. I said, you don't deserve it. It's a gift. So whether it's at the restaurant or here at the table, it's a gift. I said, you know, entitlement, you know. And then my five-year-old daughter says, I don't know what that means, Dad. <laughs> I said, all right, everything is a gift. Whether you have breakfast here or there, it's a gift. You went to the beach, that's a gift. The clothes on your back, that's a gift. The, the blanket, like you were saying, Jack, the blanket on your last night, that was a gift. And we have to be thankful for that. And said, whether you get three hours with your friends, my older daughter wanted to go with her friends, whether you get three hours or two hours, whatever, it's a gift. And then everything, and she goes, but the only thing we have is Jesus, right, Dad? My five-year-old, like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, she knows where I, like, where, where I was going. She goes, but we have Jesus. That's all we need, right, Dad? I said, yes. Hope. Her name was Hope. I said, that, that's exactly, that, that's all we need. So if we have Jesus and we realize that's all we need, and Eddie, you're saying about the simple, then Jesus removes the desires that we chase all over the place. And he removes them, and we are so content and so satisfied with him and him alone. That whether we go to breakfast or not, we have Jesus. Whether we have a blanket or not, we have Jesus. Whether we have money in the bank account or not, we have Jesus. Right? That everything comes back to Jesus. Yeah, I could definitely relate to that. And like sometimes when I go to church every week with my dad and my sister and my mom, and it's kind of like a normal thing now. Like when I was little, it used to be a little bit weird, but now it's just part of my regular schedule. Like it's a normal, okay, get up on Sunday, eat breakfast, get dressed, go to church. It's not a, oh, do we have to? It's kind of a, ju- it's just a do. There you go, brother. That's awesome. Good That's job, was, very good. Good so that job. Was Sal going into what, sixth grade, right, brother? Awesome. Thank you so much for being here and, uh, and, and for sharing. Thank you. Just, just real quick, one thing you said when you were talking to your kids about not deserving and not deserving. It's interesting because this, is this, this meal that we are given and this grace that we're given, none of us deserve. And it's wonderful that we get that. Um, really, just that's a true love gift and a true love grace. So, Amen. So as we close our time together, uh, I just want to invite uh, anyone who might have been away just to come back, right? Just come back and, and visit with the priest if you need to go to confession and come back. Um, the, the, the time that the Eucharist came alive for me was at daily Mass. So I invite you maybe one extra Mass a week. Come back. And, and, and enjoy Jesus in the silence of a daily mass, right? And, uh, and your Sunday experience will come alive. God bless you all. Amen. 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 Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation 
by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.